to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Good afternoon, all. This is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. Thanks for listening, and please share it with your friends. For you frequent listeners, you probably know my political leanings would be referred to as right of center. Okay, maybe way right of center. But you would be surprised who I hang out with. As a result, I would say I'm right of center. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a moderate or a fill-in-the-blank conservative. I'm just a conservative. I vote Republican because that's what the Democrats say I have to do because I'm not welcome in their party. And they're right. And in fairness, I'm not welcome at any white supremacist meetings either because only four people can fit in a phone booth. But I digress. I saw something I thought I'd never see in Texas. It wasn't four straight days of freezing. I knew I'd see that because it's called weather. There's no such thing as global warming, obviously. And climate change is a term used because they couldn't sell global warming. I mean, let's face it, the fact that Obama bought a beach house tells you even he doesn't believe in it. No, I saw something I have never seen in my 58 years. I saw conservatives and liberals arguing about who caused the weather. Literally. And why the electricity went out. It was truly amazing. Literally, people who know nothing about weather, electric grids, power generation, having heated discussions, no pun intended, about why the lights went out and the water. But let's take a step back and see if we saw this coming. Two years ago, the liberals impeached the president because he did his job. He asked the question no one in Washington ever asked or seems to care about. Hey, Ukraine, what are you going to spend our country's money on? No wonder kids are so screwed up. This generation is lost, and let me give you an example. I can tell you if I ever asked my mom for money, I'd better have a damn good reason. After I got the money and used it, she would confirm the fact I used it and for the stated purpose and ask that I return any change that was due her. Do we really live in a society where this is considered an impeachable offense? I mean, can you imagine AOC telling her mom, hey, give me 50 bucks, and her mom saying, oh, of course, honey, you're not going to buy any drugs, are you? Ha, ha, ha. Okay, have fun and say hi to your dealer for me. Such a nice man. Okay, that was a bad example. Maybe that didn't happen. But in 1970 in Bel Air, Texas, if I wanted to fill my mini bike, mom knew it only held 35 cents worth of gas. And if she gave me a dollar, I better bring back the 65 cents that was left over. This was not about my mom being a tightwad. This was about accountability. So we have an entire group of professional politicians in Washington, also known as the elite, who spend trillions of dollars and never ask, where did the money go? Was it used correctly? Did it work as intended? If it didn't work, do we have to do it again? No. They only come up with a response that if it failed, it's because we didn't spend enough money, enough of your and my tax dollars, to solve whatever the perceived problem is or was. What's even crazier is that we as Americans let them do it over and over and over again. It's maddening. So after the Schiff show, as I call the impeachment, as referred to after Adam Schiff, a known liar and con man, we move to the great pandemic of 2020. Hearing what Irving Janus, the father of groupthink, would refer to as a small group of people making horrendously bad decisions with no input from the outside world. 
Janus wrote his, p- his paper describing this phenomenon and showed examples, the Bay of Pigs fiasco, the Cuban embargo, were truly, really seemingly smart people making decisions without outside influence. This causes what he referred to as groupthink, and it made inherently bad decisions worse. So in Washington parlance, our great president, Donald Trump, puts together a task force run by a group of lifetime bureaucrats who frankly couldn't find their rear end with two ends, a flashlight, and a magnifying glass. This, quote, blue ribbon task force proceeds to use every book of an old playbook to identify the best way to fight something they admittedly know nothing about. Meanwhile, with Trump derangement syndrome in full force, they create the worst policy decisions in the history of the United States. And those aren't my words. Those are the words of Fox's now-retired political analyst, Britt Hume, who has followed the Washington scene for over 50 years. With no science, a term they often use when cornered for their nonsensical commentary, this group of bureaucrats affects a lockdown of America under the guise of, quote, flattening the curve. That was a two-week trial which was started a year ago. Guess what? Not one thing they have said has come true. Everything they have done has been wrong. Suicide rates are up, mental health issues are on the rise, and the only thing that's down are school shootings, and that's because the kids aren't back in school in most of the country. Meanwhile, like impeachment and constitutional law, the social media pundits then pivoted to become epidemiologists. Everyone knew something about pandemics and disease. CNN, MSNBC, Fox, CBS, ABC, NBC, the Golf Channel, all became experts. And of course, Trump was wrong and crazy when he would said we would have a vaccine in nine months. The distinguished Dr. Fauci said he was wrong, not going to happen, never in a year. Why? Because like everything bureaucrats do, they never change the playbook. And who was right? The 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. You know, sometimes leadership is someone with a vision who wills something to happen rather than hoping it happens, like Churchill or Roosevelt. And then, literally family members began virtue signaling and mass shaming based on the reports of Washington. Mask it or casket, they screamed. Stay six feet away. Social distancing is the only way. Hooey. All of it's made up. There is no scientific evidence to support any of that. That's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. We've had pandemics since the beginning of time. And the reason I know it's all nonsense is because I'm here talking to you. If pandemics killed everyone, we'd already be dead. We're all going to die, said Governor Andrew Cuomo. Those are the two choices. Wear a mask and live or die. Well, actually, there was a third choice. Get well. Like, get well. 99.7% of all people who actually got COVID disease recovered. That's not made up. That's from the CDC. And that, my friends, is actual science. So then we go back to the esteemed and apparently unemployable, except in government, Dr. Fauci. And these are some of the ideas he's had over the last year. Don't wear a mask, said Fauci. Okay, wear a mask. I just said don't wear a mask because we didn't think we had enough masks to go around. Now wear two masks, or three. Oh, we have a vaccine in nine months, like Trump said we would? Okay, get the vaccine. But keep wearing masks. What? 
Don't go to dinner with your family. Don't hug your family. Don't go on vacation with your family. Unless you work in the White House and don't think you're going to get caught. Stand six feet away from each other in the airport and then get on an airplane where your elbows are touching. Seriously, does anyone believe all this bullshit? I don't and I never have. Why? Because the healthy skepticism of our government and from experts is warranted. In the fourth grade, our resident expert on nuclear proliferation was Sister Brita, our fourth grade teacher. And she told us in the event of a nuclear attack, we were to place our books under our desk and then place our heads on our desk. Really? <laughs> really? Is that all it takes to survive a nuclear attack? Of course not. Apparently you should be wearing a mask not to breathe in the fumes. And maybe that's what happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They didn't wear a mask. I'm, of course, being facetious. But that's where we are in today's polarizing climate of discourse. Someone on the left saying, if you don't wear a mask, you're trying to kill me. I've literally seen that posted on Facebook. And then I've seen my smart aleck conservative friends respond, my body, my choice, which of course we know only counts in taking the lives of unborn children. No wonder everyone's mad at everybody. There are no two truths. There is the truth, and then there's something else, or everything else. And the truth is, we still don't know why some people die of COVID and some don't. We do know that people over 85 have a lot higher chance of death than people under 50. I mean a lot higher risk. And we do know that putting a bunch of sick 85-year-olds in a nursing home is a bad idea. Like a really bad idea. So if any of the rest of us listening to this were in government, the first people we would have vaccinated would have been the people over 80 years old and then over 70 and then over 60. But of course, the government doesn't think like normal human beings. So back to the polarization of America, the weather kind. I have lived in Texas my entire life. I have survived over 50 hurricanes, some bad, some not so bad. In fact, my family was the first family to bring supplies to the nuns at St. Mary's Orphanage after the 1900 storm on my great-grandfather's boat, the Gypsy. Back then, they called it weather. It's still called weather. And this was even before Al Gore was born and made several hundred million dollars selling global warming to an unsuspecting populace who believed everything they saw on TV. So in 2021, after the horrific 2020, we start anew. And what do we get for Valentine's Day? A storm of tremendous proportions. For the first time in my life that I can remember, the temperature went below freezing for five straight days. Crazy. On top of that, we got snow and sleet. Now, snow and sleet happens in Dallas on occasion, but never along the Gulf Coast. When it happens, limb breaks, the water gets shut down, the electricity gets turned off, and before you can say Joe Biden's an idiot, people are literally trying to blame each other. It was crazy, as though we've never had weather before. During the most recent hurricane, we lost our electricity for 12 days, and no one blamed ERCOT or anybody else. It just happens. But it gets even better. These former constitutional law experts and epidemiologists are now energy grid operator experts on Facebook. Within minutes, they can tell you why it happened and whose fault it is. If you're on the left, it was because the Republicans believe in a free, unregulated market, and oil executives are bad, and fossil fuels are bad, and we don't have enough solar and wind, a.k.a. we don't spend enough money and enough tax dollars to support a failed delivery system. If you're on the right, it's because we put too much money into wind and solar, that we need to drill more, that AOC is an idiot, and that solar and wind don't work when it's not sunshining. Well, I remember in the good old days when we solved problems rather than trying to lay the blame. 
when we pulled together rather than pulling apart, when we shared rather than hoarded. I mean, really, how much toilet paper could one family possibly use in a lifetime? But in this instance, I got to see it. I got to see it for five straight days. And guess what? We had a great time during the storm. We got to help our neighbors. We shared our food and drink. We had dinner parties and lunch parties. My wife cooked nonstop for eight days. And because we didn't have cable, we did puzzles and we read books. And we let people stay in our country home. We offered our vehicles and helped folks who were stuck in the ice. And it was wonderful seeing people share. And meanwhile, it was our first social media ice storm. People hating on each other. People telling you that the world was coming to an end if we don't do all solar and wind or all oil and gas. People blaming ERCOT. And somehow they were to blame because gas, five of the board members don't live in Texas, as though that had anything to do with why we had an energy failure. Or that Texas deserves it for having their own grid, as though this never happens on the West Coast or East Coast. Does not anybody remember the fires in California that created the PGE blackouts or the brownouts in New York City during the summer? Guess what, folks? When you have 8 million people living on an island the size of a postage stamp, it's going to get sporty and hot, and maybe the lights are going to go out. And sometimes it's just called weather. Here in Texas, we sadly had a young family die in a house fire. And immediately, lawyers started filing lawsuits. Really? You're going to sue an electric grid operator because your house caught on fire? Because the lights went out? Does anyone understand the term, quote, it was an accident? You know, everyone's not always to blame. There's not always someone to blame. Sometimes bad stuff happens to nice people. So lawyers are going to sue the gun company because a mass murderer kills people with a gun. And now we're going to sue the electric company because it was once in a lifetime storm and the electricity went out. This is madness, and it's why people hate lawyers. In the last three weeks, we've had two dear friends lose their children. One was 13 years old. He took his own life with a handgun because he was so distraught he couldn't go back to school with his friends because the school was shut down for COVID and for his, quote, safety. He stayed home. That morning, he calmly finished his homework and went to the Internet and researched how to kill himself with a handgun, and then he did it. Who's to sue? The school? Dr. Fauci? The CDC? The handgun manufacturer? Sadly, this young man, life is gone and been extinguished, and his family has to deal with the fallout. But it's nobody's fault. Our other friends lost their son in a Polaris ATV accident. He was doing what he loved. I mean, who's to blame? His friends, the Polaris manufacturer, the dealer that sold it to him? I tell you, you can get worn out watching what's going on in our society today. But I can tell you this, I guess the good news is the storm gave me time to reconnect with my wife, with my children, my friends, my neighbors, my clients, everyone checking in on everyone else. For all its trouble, it wasn't the end of the world. Losing a son or daughter, in my mind, is the end of the world, and I can't imagine anything worse. Losing them when they are young is even more tragic. No parent should outlive their child. No grandparent should outlive their grandchild. But that's not the way it works. On occasion, God has a plan. So, my friends, let's use this time of recovery from the storm and COVID to lower the temperature of our discourse. It's not the last storm we will face, weather-wise or otherwise, I can assure you. Let's look for the good in everything, and let's look for God in everything.
As you go out today or tomorrow, hug a family member a little longer. Hold a handshake a little firmer. Share a smile or a good word to someone who looks like they can use it. Kiss your wife or loved one and look in their eyes and tell them you love them, that you really love them. And give a stranger on the corner a dollar or whatever you can afford. It won't cost you as much as the gift will be good to them. Because remember, we're not guaranteed any tomorrows. As I finish and I've often said, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. Let's make every day our best day. My name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World.